Our Holy Gospel today is from the 17th chapter of John, beginning at verse 20. Glory to you, O Lord. This is the final portion of what has historically been known as the high priestly prayer. It's the prayer that Jesus prayed in the upper room prior to his arrest. And these are some of his concluding words. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and I, as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me in praying the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. I don't know where you've been at this week. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know where your heart is at. But I know in light of these senseless taking of the lives of these elementary students in Uvalde, Texas. And then, what was it, a week and a half or so prior to that, the senseless gunning gunning down of 10 people in a local grocery store in Buffalo, New York. It's been a week in the life of our country in which we again have witnessed and seen another senseless slaughter of the innocents. I've been struggling to find words this week.
I was giving serious thought to using the same exact words that I spoke last week. The first page and a half of my meditation from last week is as relevant today as it was seven days ago. And I will repeat one quote from that page and a half. A quote by Frederick Buechner who said, As much as it is our hope, it is our hopelessness that brings us to church on Sunday. And then he wrote, and he was speaking about those like myself who have been called to preach. But he's, it's, a, it's a call to everybody. It's a universal call. As people of God, as people who are believers, we are called to be human. And he says that calling That is calling enough for any person. We are called to be human. Have you done a word study on the origin of the word human? It comes from the Latin word homo sapien. And it basically means that of all of the living creatures, of all of the living creatures on this planet, we humans are considered to be the ones who are wise. The ones who have the most wisdom. How are we doing so far, folks? Where is our wisdom now? Where is our common sense now? Where is our humanity? I have really been struggling with words and feelings to describe how I am trying to deal with and comes to grips with this insanity, this senselessness. And the words that best describe how I am feeling, how I am dealing with this reality, are words that come from the Psalms. Psalm 6, verse 3. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Psalm 10, verse 1. Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And from Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, 
Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? In Psalm 130, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Does that sound like thoughts or perhaps words that you have been thinking and feeling this week? I also hear ringing in my ears the words from Romans chapter 8. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons and daughters for the redemption of our bodies. And in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. I've also been drawn to a passage from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. The image that I carry with me this week is the image of the Christ who is living the anguish along with me. And I would also say along with you. I need to have that image of the Christ who became one of us that felt our pain, that felt our burden, and that knew our sadness. I need to have the image of Jesus who weeps and cries alongside of me and alongside of you. I need to have the voice of Christ who speaks these words, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. We have before us today a portion of Jesus' prayer, oftentimes referred to as the high priestly prayer. Not only is he praying for his disciples there, but he's also praying for every, every, every person who will come to believe that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he is the one who came to save. 
We all know what comes next in Jesus' life. He's about to face death. And in a certain sense, it's God dying on the cross. It's not in a certain sense. It is God dying on the cross. And in that very moment in time in which God dies upon the cross, there is an absence of God because God dies. At the moment of Jesus' death, he experiences the absence of God. Frederick Buechner writes that God himself does not give answers. God gives himself. And into the midst of the whirlwind of his absence, God gives himself. And it is the giving of himself that I and you can live with a confidence and a faith that we are not alone. That his victory over death and the grave and that resurrection hope and promise, that is what I cling to in these times of senselessness and sheer madness. Hebrews 7, verse 24 reminds us, he says, because Jesus lives forever, because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always, he always, he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is constantly interceding for us. And it is his intercessions are in solidarity with our anguish, with our sadness, with our cries. Christ is alongside of us. The only real solace that I have in the midst of these senseless killings is the resurrection hope and promise that those young souls that were taken from us this past Monday, that they are with Jesus. The only real solace that I have in the midst of this senseless killings is the resurrection hope and promise that those young souls are with Jesus. Deb Thomas asks, so why do I pray? And her answer to that is, I pray because my soul, my soul yearns for connection with an other who is God. With words, without words, yes, that's been me this week. With words, without words, through laughter, through tears, in hope and in despair, prayer holds open the possibility that I am not alone and that this broken, aching world isn't alone either. But most importantly of all, Deb Thomas says, I pray because Jesus prayed. She says, I pray because Jesus prayed. I ask because Jesus asked. Asking is the last thing that he did before he was arrested. It was the last tender memory that he bequeathed to his friends he didn't awe them with a grand finale of miracles, and neither did he contemplate their futures or their despair. Rather, he looked up to heaven with a trembling heart, and he surrendered his cherished ones to God. 
Once again, I stand before you today as I do every weekend, and I pray and I ask Jesus to give me the words that I might say something that is relevant, a word of relevance that speaks to my brokenness and your brokenness, a word of relevance that speaks to my sense of not being whole and to your sense of not being whole, a word of relevance to a world that is broken and in dire need of healing and restoration, in dire need of transformation, and perhaps most importantly of all, a world that is in dire need of peace. Amen. I invite you to pray with me now the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.